I wasn't even planning on starting this way, but we're going to start. I'm going to show the video after I say this. But Brian just moved us into a place that I think we're supposed to be in. So I just want to say this right now. Today, if you experienced last week, and I don't know if you were here or not, and if you weren't, that's cool. Um, I hope that you'll go back and watch it because it'll make more sense. But many of you left last week and you said, man, I want the oil to flow. Did anyone say that last week? Did anyone say they want the oil to flow? And then when we left, craziness came to our houses, didn't it? And all kinds of difficulty came and all kinds of crazy. And you're just like, God, I said that I wanted to go. And I said I wanted your oil to flow. And I said I wanted to see great things happen. And so why? Why does that happen? Why do tests and trials and difficulties come our way? And we miss the whole point that if it's not for that, we can never experience the fullness of Jesus. And most of us get caught in the middle of the storm. Most of us get caught in the middle of the place that God is sending us because we get so distracted by our present circumstances and surroundings, we don't see the fullness of God and what He's trying to do. I'm telling you right now, He who began a good work in you and in you and in you will see it through to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Can I tell you what that means? That means He's already done it because He doesn't work in our time. But we can't see it because we see in the present. We can't see in the future like He is already in the future. And so because of my present circumstances, I can't lift my hands in worship. Because I'm so frustrated with my present day, with, with what's going on, with the fact that we don't know what we're going to do, do we, Leah? We don't know the next move for our lives. We don't know how all these ten things that take place are going to really take place. We don't know. And we don't understand when our kid gets sick. And there's no explanation for it. And we don't understand why our marriage is on the rocks. And we, we left here last week saying our marriage was going to be freed. And we believed it. But why does that have to happen for this? And when that happens, we never get to experience this and all this that Christ has for us because we look at that and we say that must be all that there is. Can I just tell you something this morning and I'm about to kick something I ain't even started yet. That is not all that there is. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we believe what we hope for and we are certain of what we cannot see. And if you have to see to believe, then you'll never believe. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm declaring over all of our lives, and I'm including me as much as anybody in this room, that just because we see everything taking place in our lives and we don't know where we're going to turn next, that does not change anything about the truth of God. And it does not change the truth of where we're going. And I'm just thankful today of all that God is doing in this place. Will you guys pray with me as we get started? And we're going to go right into the video after we pray. God, will you just show us yourself this morning? God, I, I, am, I believe that you are in this place, not because we do weird things and we say weird words, but, but because we know your presence is here and we sense your presence is here and we can feel you in this place, Lord, moving around us. And so, God, I'm not inviting you here. You're already here, but I am, I am excited that your Holy Spirit is going to move 
And Lord, we are declaring to the mountains today. We're not asking maybe please. We are declaring mountains to be moved in this place because you said if we had faith of a mustard seed, we could say to the mountain move and it will be. And we believe you and we're saying to the mountain move, strongholds be broken in this place. Give us an understanding of why we go through the storms of life. And in Jesus' name, we are believing that you're going to do something great up in this place today. And everybody in here, all at one time, in the name of Jesus is going to say amen together. In the name of Jesus, we say, amen. have a seat. What's up guys? I'm standing on Mount Arbel and this is um, another week of the journey looking back at the life of Jesus and this is one of my favorite places in all of the Bible because this is where we believe Jesus went up on the mountain to pray so often. Every time he needed solitude, every time he decided to go by himself and pray, we believe this was the location that he did. Now there's a couple big things that happened on this mountain. Number one, at the base of this mountain is where we believe the feeding of the 5,000 took place. And so to give you some context, John the Baptist dies in Matthew chapter 14. And then Matthew 14 tells us the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And then Jesus said, at the base of this mountain, where the, the Sea of Galilee or the lake starts, he said, I want you to go to the other side. Now the other side was not clear across the lake, but just over there in Capernaum. And so he was basically telling them, just go down the lake. It'll be much faster than walking and go over there. Now, the key is Jesus went up on the mountain to pray when he told them to go to the other side. Now, this is the context that you have to understand. When we see this, we're like, sweet, no big deal, let's go. But at nighttime, there were no lights. There was nowhere to see. And in this little valley right here, the wind blows almost always blowing in this direction toward the lake. And at nighttime, even today, in certain times of year, the storms still roll straight through and then over the lake. And they get rough, they get big. They're like what we would call tornadoes or, or supercells. And so just imagine not having sails, not having oars, having a small boat with 12 guys packed in there trying to get to the other side and this storm comes through and you have no control of what's about to take place. It's bad enough when a storm in life comes, but it's even worse when you can pretty much tell that it's coming. And then it takes whether or not we're really gonna trust God, doesn't it? It takes, it takes faith or it takes me being the plan B because so many times this is what I think happens to us. I think we can see a storm coming in our lives and what we decide to do is just pick up the boat and get out of the boat and walk to the shore and say, you know what, I'm gonna do it my way. Here's the deal, in life we always have two choices. We have my way and we have God's way. I wonder how many times we've missed miracles take place in our lives and blessings take place in our lives because we decide that the storm is too hard or we're not gonna go in that direction. And today, what I wanna talk to you about is the storms of life, where they lead us and why they have to take place for Jesus to take us where he wants to go. So from this perspective, you need to understand this. Jesus was up here. Jesus saw the storm. Jesus knew what was going to take place. And if that's the case, how much more being Jesus in heaven does he see your storms and know that they're coming because he goes before you and behind you. 
and his hand is on your head. He sees everything that takes place. And yet we constantly stop the storms from taking place in our lives because we want everything to be safe. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. I am so jacked up on caffeine and the Holy Spirit that I am ready to rock and roll. So I, I'm just going to jump right in, and I hope that y'all will follow along with me in Matthew 14 in just a second. But how many of y'all have heard this statement before? We're going to throw it on the screen. How many of y'all have heard this statement? The safest place to be. The safest place in all the world is in the center of God's will. Now, how many of y'all have heard that before? Have y'all, we had the t-shirt back in the day. Y'all remember this? It's the safest place to be. You got to say it like this. The safest place to be is at the center of God's will. Because it sounds really good, doesn't it? And it's, it's ridiculous, right? God's will. The safest place to be. Safest place to be. And I wonder, did y'all see the little boat, the wooden boat that was in the, in the video there? That is a boat that they found. Year, a few years back, and they uncovered it in the Sea of Galilee. It was covered in mud, and they were able to find it. It's amazing. That was in a little museum in Capernaum at the Sea of Galilee, and they dated it back to right around the time of Jesus. And I've heard people ask, well, is that the same boat that the disciples were on? <laughs> really? I don't know. But, but it is at least what they believe is a model of the boat that was back then, and it was one of the fishermen that were on the sea then. That's the size. Now, you imagine that boat. It's not big. I mean, it, is, it would fit on this stage, 12 people, and, and 60, 70, 80 mile an hour wind, and you have no control, and the plan is to stay within 50 yards of the side or of the shore, and, and you get blown to the middle, and it's not a huge lake, but, but it's pretty doggone big. I mean, seven miles across, if you're in the middle of seven miles across, and so you're three and a half miles out in the water. All of a sudden, what's not really that big becomes pretty big. Is anybody with me? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? That even though you can see across and you can see the beautiful mountains, and it doesn't really look that big because you're on the side and you can see the other side. When it's dark and you don't have lights and you don't have, you don't have a, a, the compasses that we have today that are built in a computer in the boat, and we can just turn the engine on and go wherever we want to go, it's scary. And here's the question that we ask, God, if this is the safest place to be, then why in the world would you throw me out in the middle of a storm? Why in the world would you want this for my life? And can we be honest this morning? I just decided this morning when I was praying, I'm just going to be real with y'all today and just throw all my cards on the table. Have y'all ever said, God, how could you want this for my life? I just want to see your hand if you can be honest with me. Some of y'all have never said that. And I'm really impressed, and I don't believe you. But like, I, we just look and go, God, there's no way that this is what you want for me. Because God, what you want for me is good things in my life. And you know what? This is what's so crazy. Is even though I think this is shenanigans, because <laughs> it's not safe, he does want the good for your life. And this is the tension that I feel in my life. If it's not for the storm... I never get to the destination that God has for me. But when I'm in the storm, how in the world am I supposed to think that way? I got crashing waves coming over me. I got bills piling up to my eyeballs. I got all these other things happening in my life. How am I supposed to believe that that's the case? I just want safety. I just want to be able to buckle my seatbelt in the Jesus world and do my thing and go through life. And 
I just don't get it. And last week we ended with Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I want you to see this from this perspective today. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your act of worship. This is what God has called you to do. And so he's setting you apart every day. We're, we're viewing God's mercy. We want the oil flowing in our life. And then he says in verse 2, don't be conformed. Don't do what we've always done to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the renewal of our minds. That by, everybody say this word. That by testing. That by testing. That by testing, I don't like that word. I never like tests. Does anybody else understand what I'm talking about in here? Some of y'all like tests. That's y'all's bad. But by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. So by testing... By difficulties, by storms, you, you'll be able to discern or understand what the will of God is for my life by testing. That seems like the Bible right there saying the safest place to be, right? It, by testing, maybe not, maybe not at all. By testing, I'll be able to understand what God has called me to do. And so listen, if I feel like God has called me to do something, and then I know because people speak it into my life and it gets confirmed into my life, everything that happens in my life from that point on is to get me where God wants me to go. And then everything that Satan brings against you and against me is to just deter you from getting to the other side where God has called you. And many of us leave places like the disciples did that day and say, man, he just fed 5,000, but it was really more like 20,000. It was amazing. Look at this Jesus. He's awesome. And the next moments in the middle of the night, when you've been out at the sea and you've been rocking and you say, I know what happened just a few hours ago, but I'm not believing it anymore because I don't see you right here. And we forget what God called us to because we can't see the forest from the trees, so to speak, when it comes to Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. This is the word for testing. I'm not going to say this word. I'm just going to let you see it. Is that cool with y'all? Because of that, right? That's a, that's a Greek word, and I, I've tried to pronounce it this week, and I, just, I did want you to see it because it's important to understand that just because we see testing in our translations, it really means to be put to the test, to be examined, or from his perspective, to examine you, to distinguish by testing or approve after testing, and here's the truth. I told y'all I was going to be real. When it comes to testing... The only time that I really prayed, let me just say back in the day so y'all believe that it doesn't happen now, is right, like right before a test, I need, I need the D-means degree people in here to talk to me today. You know what I'm talking about. And I didn't really study. Like my mama would ask me, have you done your homework? And I would say, yeah. And I'd be out shooting ball. And then the next day, I still didn't have my homework, and I still didn't study for my tests. And I said this prayer on the way to school, but it was, it was silent, so my mama didn't hear it. Lord. I didn't study. I need a miracle in Jesus' name. But you said by testing, you will give it to me. So in Jesus' name, I'm believing you. Come on, somebody. I'm believing in Jesus' name that you're going to come down. And that was about the extent of my prayers when it came to testing. But I didn't understand what God really wanted to do in my life because when difficulty comes, I'm not there. And here, listen, listen. This is where I think almost all of us sit. Almost all of us if I said, raise your hand if you would call yourself a Christian, a lot of you would say, yeah, absolutely, pastor, that's me. But as soon as this comes to your life, as soon as your marriage gets a little bit rocky, 
As soon as your job gets a little bit tough, as soon as, as, soon as you don't understand how you're going to pay for these things and God told you to do it and you don't get it, as soon as that comes, you say, no, 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 God, here's the deal. I said that I would go, and I said, when you said go to the other side on top of that mountain, you were looking down at me, and you said go to the other, I, I said okay, but I'm going to need you to already be there, and I'm going to need you to take that boat and just move it there, and I'm going to need no storms, and I'm going to need everything to be perfect, and I'm going to need the yellow brick road to be as clear as it can be. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about in this place? And so here's what we say to God. If you're taking notes, this is a good time to write it down. We say to God, you go, and I'll show. God, if you go, I'll show. That's awesome, right? I'm going to be part of the party. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, right? If you go, I'm, I'm there. And here's what God says. I'll show. You go. I'll show. You go. And then this is the word that we're going to find today in Matthew 14. Immediately. Immediately. I've chewed on this word. It's found three times in this passage we're going to look at. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. And what most of us think is, okay, I'll go. Listen, don't miss this. Okay, I'll go. But I got to make sure that all my junk is together. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I got to make sure that I've lined up everything that needs to be lined up in order to do so. And you know what? I, I believe this about God. He has his perfect will for your life, and he has a permissible will for your life. He allows you with free choice to do what you've desired, and you have two choices, my way and God's way. And we want all of God's greatness for our lives, and we want to live our fullest life. But we think that our fullest life is me knowing every single thing that's going to take place. And here's the troubling thing. I'm not even going to say many times. Most of the time. God wants you to speak what you can't see so that you believe and the mountain moves. But most of us get so caught up in the size of the mountain that we never believe because we can't see it moving ahead of time. And we don't see God on top of the mountain. And we just see the pile of stuff in our lives. And we look and say, God, if you go on that mountain, then I'll believe. But God says, you go, you watch, I'll show God doesn't plant something in your life that he doesn't intend to move. Listen, God's already moved it. You just haven't seen it. And as a result, you don't believe what you haven't seen. But that is not faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what I cannot see. But I feel such a tension in my life because I'm just like these disciples. I see miracles happen in my life. Man, last Sunday was one of the greatest days of my entire life, if I can be honest with y'all. And I know... Many of y'all come to this service, but in the second service, I was able to baptize Laney, and we saw nine people baptized, and we just saw a move of God in both services, and I came home feeling so ready to go, and I was feeling good. And then this week, just difficulties. Like, there's health ailments that are going on that I just can't really figure out, and we laugh. And there's stuff, and life happens, right? Does life happen to y'all? Yeah. And when life happens, we say... God, I'm, I'm still waiting on you to show in this situation. And God says, I did show. I'm in you. I'm just waiting on you to believe so that out of you, I can flow out and I can show the world that Jesus is the way. Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Once again, the background. Jesus has fed the 5,000, but he is crushed in his spirit because his cousin, who is very, very deeply close with him, 
has been beheaded. And Jesus was fully God, but he was still fully man. And he went up on the mountain many times on Mount Arbel to pray and be alone with God. And he goes up there. And he says to his disciples as they were on the side of that mountain, he says, immediately, immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately. Why do we wait? Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. So he, it wasn't like, hey, God, if y'all think that this is a good idea to go, it'd be cool, and that's how we treat God. And God said, no, go. Go to the other side. And you know what they're thinking because it's what I'm thinking all the time. This is a real bad idea, bro. Five times out of seven a week, the storms come through at night, and you're asking me to go on the edge of the shore, and I don't think this is good. Go. Go to the other side. And we see the storm that's coming, don't we? Can't y'all see the storm that's coming sometimes in our lives? And we go, oh, we're going to park Jesus, we're going to stay on the sidelines. This is a terrible idea. He said, no, go to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And, as, and after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on that mountain on our bell by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was up there alone. Now, I want you to see this picture because I'm telling you right now. When we were up there that day, it was pretty, but it was hazy. But on a day that's not hazy, I'm telling you, I've been, Lee and I were blessed eight years ago to go to Maui. Maui doesn't stink, and some other really nice places. But this is maybe the most beautiful place that I've ever been in my life. I, I, every time I've been up there, I've said, you know, Jesus was God, but he was smart. I mean, like, he was still human, and he's, he didn't pick a place that was like, why did he pray here? This is awkward. This is amazing. Amazing. But it also gives you the picture because you're only getting a small sliver of the lake right here. And about here, maybe a little bit farther, is where they would have gotten into the boat because it was on... It was on if you're looking, it was on this side of the mountain, away from the end of the lake, that they would have gotten into the boat because that was the side that the 5,000 was fed. And so all they had to do was stay along the edge and end up over in this area, which is Capernaum. And so you know they're thinking, and I've always thought this, by the way, the other side must be over here, but it's, it's actually just down the side. And they could have walked. It would have taken forever, but they could have walked. And so you know they were thinking this. Bro, let's just put tents up or let's just sleep on the rock like we do sometimes and let's just wait till tomorrow. Let's just wait. Don't we say that? God, let's just wait. And this is what I love so much, guys. He absolutely called them into the storm to test their faith because they saw a miracle take place and they were like, this is amazing. We're going to see God move mountains we love this guy. He's awesome. And then they said, well, let's see. Let's see. Let me test and reveal. Let me, let me have this revealing thing take place in your life so that I can actually get you where I wanted you to go. And in the middle of that, we look and say, no, 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 no. We got to go back on that mountain. We got to start getting that bread again. We got to start doing your thing again. I, why don't we just go up with you and just pray? We got to pray just to make it today. Like we can't, we can't, we can't go in the boat. This is dumb. This is crazy, God. What are you doing? And it's because we would rather have this picturesque moment than be in the middle of the storm. And God wants you in the storm to get you to your destiny. Yeah. And all of us look at our storm and we say, there's no way this is my destiny. Verse 24 says, but the boat by this time, can you picture it? Jesus is up there praying. 
but he's God. And so he's looking down and he can see everything that's taking place. And it says, but by this time the boat was a long way from land. Meaning that their intentions, what they had planned, what they always did was not what was taking place then. And they were being pushed out by heavy winds and heavy rains into the middle of that, of that lake. And they were beaten by the waves. There's normally, it's a lake, there's normally not waves, but in the middle of a big storm. If y'all have ever been on a lake in a storm before, it's, it's crazy. Lake Greenwood, several years ago, Leah and myself and a couple people from the church were on the lake in a tornado, we believe, touched down while we were there. <laughs> and I'm just telling y'all, you go from zero, no, no fear whatsoever, to put that joker down as hard as it'll go and get me to the dock, and I don't care if the boat gets gone. I want to get my tail gone. Let's get up out this mug. Do y'all know what I'm talking about in this place? That's what they were feeling, but they were in that little bitty rackety boat. And it's rickety, but it's rackety too. Y'all just stay with me. Beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, which just means in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., he came to them. Somebody say he came to them. He came to them. I'm going to keep going, but I want you to ask this question. If he comes to you in the middle of your storm, are you looking at your storm or are you asking where he is? Because most of the time what we do is say, God, where are you? And if he's watching your storm and if he's pushing your storm and if he knows your storm that you didn't cause yourself, I think a lot of times that's is we cause our storms in our lives. But this isn't a storm that we've caused. This is a storm that God is pushing you into to get you to the other side and to get you where he wants you to be and to see your full destiny take place in your life. And he came to them, but they weren't looking for God. Now, is that not incredible? And while I say, is that not incredible, what I say to myself, and I've read this over and over and over this week, and I say, Mark, that's you, bro. <laughs> we, God, where are you? Hey, <laughs> I'm right here. I came to you, but you weren't looking for me. You were looking for magic. And it says he came to them walking on the sea. Now look at what this says. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Why? Because they weren't looking for him. They were looking for dust to fall down from heaven and a little bit of manna to fall like that bread that came earlier in the day. They wanted a little bit of help. They didn't want to save. And he said, it's a ghost. Just like many of us have. I just pictured my kids in this situation. It happens so often with one of our kids, and if you've ever had small kids or you do right now, you know the bad dream thing, right? Some of y'all are like, I had a bad dream last night. I'm just not going to tell you. But, but we, we have bad dreams, and you just hear them, and I'll look at Leah and say, is it my turn or your turn, right? Does daddy need to go in there and get those bad dreams, right? Daddy, I'm just so afraid. I'm just so scared, one of them. I'm like, you know what, this... I'm going to speak into your life and believe that it's gone, but the truth of the matter is daddy doesn't have bad dreams. Daddy has bad days. And it's because, can y'all just picture being on the boat with me and the water's coming on in your life and you look and say, I know God called me here, but all I see is the waves crashing over my boat and the boat kind of falling apart and the wood kind of splintering and all I see is that. I can't see the Savior. How in the world, Pastor, do you expect me to see the Savior? I'm seeing the wind and the rain crashing against my face. What do you want from me? 
<laughs> and Jesus, who they were crying for, was a ghost. And they didn't even recognize the person that they were dying to see and thought that could help them. And they cried out in fear. There's that word again. God doesn't wait. We just don't see him. It says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It's the one that you're calling for. I, I'm here. Don't be afraid. And then Peter being the crazy one, and I, I can understand, I, power to the people, I understand Peter. He said, Lord, if it's you. <laughs> so, so he knew it was him because he called him Lord, right? That's the part that I love about this. I know it's you and I believe it's you, but I still need you to tell me that it's you because I'm all alive. Right? He said, if it's you, command me to come out onto the water. And so what does it say? He said, come on. Come. And so Peter said, all right, I'm out. And it's because he didn't think about it. He didn't take time and have a calculation. Okay, faith is being sure of what we hope for, but we also have to go da 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 We also got to get the algorithm right. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to say it anyway because I sound smart. And I'm going to make sure that I got all this stuff that I need to get. And we're going to do all this thing and we're going to call it faith, but it's not faith at all. And we stay in the boat. And he's saying, come. And we stay in the boat. And he says, come. And then some of you have gotten out of the boat, haven't you? You've had a faith step in your life, but we're just like Peter. We was like, okay, Jesus said, come, I'm coming. Was there any chance Peter was going to sink if he'd have kept his eyes on Jesus? Somebody talk to me. No chance. <laughs> but just like me, when he stepped out, and said, I believe, God, you're going to do this thing in faith. When he, what does this word say? Saw. Somebody say it again. What, what does it say? Saw. When he saw. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. see. So, so, so he got called out into faith. But as soon as he saw, his faith was gone. This is the part that I really need you to get because this is the really good part. See, Satan never attacks what you hear. And even though he whispers in your ear, the only thing he wants you to do is take your eyes off of Jesus and see your present surroundings. See, see the waves in life and the wind in life and the, and the seas being rough and the storms of life, that is not who you are. That is not where you are. That is not what you are. And I'm not telling you not to pay your bill tomorrow. That is not the point of what I'm saying right now. What I am saying right now is that is not where God has called you. That is not where your finishing line is. That is not the truth of your life. You are not what they have said about you. And you are certainly not what you believe about yourself because of what you currently see where your life is at now. But what we do is say, yeah, but pastor, that's awesome. And that preacher's really good. But do you see that wave? And do you see that wind? And do you see that storm cloud? Because all I I see is that, but what I see is a mighty rushing wind, but it's not that wind, it's the wind from heaven. And what I see is a rain cloud, but it's not the rain cloud of this, it's the rain cloud of grace in my life. And even though I don't see it today, he turned my mourning into dancing and he turned my sorrow into joy. And it doesn't matter what I see, it matters what he said because he's bound by his word, because he can never change. And so what I say to that wind is be still, wind, because you have no power over me. I am only held and grasped and under the power of the name that's above all names, Jesus. And so wind, be still, because he was afraid. And as he was sinking down, and y'all can picture it because some of y'all have been sinking down even this week, and you left last week and said, I'm, this is, we're going to change the world. 
But as soon as you stepped out, <laughs> the wind came. And you said, Lord, save me. You know what's so funny about Lord, save me? Because I thought about this so much this week. <laughs> Jesus, hey, Travis. You're going to be Jesus right now. Jesus is this far away. <laughs> Jesus is right here. And he's like, oh, I see the wind. I see dead people. I see all these things in my life. I'm melting. Save me, Lord. And he's not looking at him. He's looking at his circumstances that are all around him, but he doesn't realize that he just has to reach his hand out and believe what he's heard. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I can't, I can't get to the next thing. I can't do anymore. Come on. Come on, step out. Come on, step out. I got you. Come on, step out. Ah, help me. Lord, where are you? Come on, step out. I'm right here. Just, just take my hand. But I can't see you. I've got to be able to see it. You, you said get in the boat immediately, and you said go across, but I can't see you. Come on. Come on, I got you. I got you. Just, just reach out your hand. I'm right here beside you. Reach up your hand like I'm your father, and let me pick you up like you do with your little boy or little girl. Come on. Come on. Just reach out your hand. Come on. Come on. He says, Lord, save me, because he was looking at his circumstances. Listen to this. Immediately, I love that word. She said, I got you. All you had to do was ask. <laughs> Why'd you let the wind and the rain and the circumstances that were your surroundings, even though it was? Can you imagine? I'm sure it was the scariest thing that they had ever experienced and maybe ever did. <clears throat> and he said you of little faith why did you doubt that's all Satan wants for your life what if what if we believed what Jesus said and instead of being Christians that sat down and said it's too hard I was going to get out of the boat but I'm just going to be in the boat and I'm just going to pray that it passes and he says no I wanted you out of the water I wanted you walking on it because I got miracles for you to do it's not a pastor's job by himself it's not a worship team's job by themselves you're the choir you're the army I'm calling you out and the second you step out let me promise you something the wind gets harder and the waves get bigger and the trouble comes more but if we ever believe what God said, we just laugh at the waves and say, you know what? I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know it's for my good and his glory. And I don't know where we're going to go, but I know it's for my good and his glory. And I don't know where this wave is going to take me because I thought I was going there. And it looks like we're going here, but eventually they went there. They just had to go there before they went there. Come on, somebody. And I don't know where we're going and I don't know why we're going here, but I'm stepping out. And I'm saying, just because I can't see you doesn't mean that you didn't call me to this. And so I'm just stepping out because I know you called me to this and I'm not having to see it anymore. I'm believing it. Because immediately Jesus reached out his hand. But he says, I just wish y'all would believe because earlier today you saw me do this miracle and yet you still don't believe. And here's what I'm telling y'all. Y'all have... Almost all of you have experienced the miracles of God in your life and you've seen a move of God in your life but you're still saying, whew, that water's cold. That water looks crazy. That, those He's like, come on, come on. You don't have to be able to see. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
and faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. And I'm convinced of this, that Satan's greatest ploy is to keep the church silent. And people wonder why I dance up here and I raise my hands and I start throwing fists and people stand with their hands in their pockets. I'm not making light and I'm not mad at you if you do this. Please, please, please don't miss this. It's like that's, that's the way... That's my preference. I don't really want to get into it when I worship. Can I tell you that the reason we yell and scream is because we're declaring to the devil what we're not and we don't care what we see. We're sounding the sound of victory in Jesus' name even though I may not see it today. And this place isn't as full as I was believing God for and there's not as much move as I'm believing God for. I don't care because today is not the day of victory alone. God has already called us to the victory. We just haven't seen the full thing yet and so I'm seeing it whether you see it or not. I'm choosing to believe what I cannot currently see because he didn't call me to today and he didn't call you to today alone. He called you to keep walking today and to step out into that storm and say, I believe God no matter what and listen immediately when they stopped having doubt this is what happened in verse 32 it says and when they got into the boat with Jesus the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him and said truly you are the son of God I just believe that I believe this is the truth Romans chapter 10 it's one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible because salvation comes and it's best explained in Romans 10. Romans 10, 9, if we confess. Somebody say confess. You guys just confess because out loud you said confess. And that's what a confession is. You can't have a confession like this. That's how most of our confessions are. We'll confess our favorite sports team, somebody. Come on, talk to me. But we won't confess the Lord Jesus. But he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, certain of what we hope for and cannot see, placing all of our hope in him and sitting down saying, you are my God, no one else. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And listen, then verse 17 says, because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. So two things about that. One, people are waiting on you to tell them so they can hear it. But you don't want to confess that. You want to confess every other thing in your life. And he's waiting on you to move the mountain. And, and, and then this has just struck me this week like a ton of bricks. The Bible does not say if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. It says if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain be moved and it will move and all that Satan wants is to keep the lambs silent but the silence of the lambs in this house will not take place anymore because we will not be silent we will stand up and say God we may not see it but we're going to believe it in Jesus name and I don't know about this storm and I see all the junk in my life but I'm stepping out anyway because I'm declaring in my house that Jesus is Lord, and I'm declaring in my house that you, Mountain, you move from here to there. I no longer care what people think. I no longer care what my storms in life look like because I know what God called me to, and I don't understand why some of you guys have gone through hell and back like you've gone through, but I do know that God is doing it for your good and for his glory, and you just got to keep walking. And the reason that you never reach your full destiny is because you were called. But you say, God, you go and I'll show. And God's up on top of that mountain. <laughs> but this mountain is not our bell. This mountain 
is the mountain on high. <laughs> and he's looking down on you saying, I've already gone there. I've already gone before you and I'm behind you and my hand is on your head. What you waiting on? Step. Because I believe we get saved one time and we're saved forever. But every day we still confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord to our storms, to our giants in our life. If you walk up to a giant and you cower down like this, you say, all right, I'm going to have someone's back, but I'm going to have them way back, right? If, I, if you don't look at that giant and say, you know what? You are nine and a half feet tall, but my God is mighty to save. Give me that rock. I'm going to sling it. I'm going to knock something down today. Not by my power, not by my might, but by the Lord of hosts. That's how I'm going to knock down that giant. That's how I'm going to knock down that wall. And then this part, and I'm done. Second Chronicles 20 has got me jacked up all week. I keep reading it over and over. My buddy, the basketball coach, it burns, and I texted back and forth all week, and I got to talk to the team one more time before the game. I had nothing to do with them winning. They're really good, and Coach Fowler's really good, so I want to make sure y'all hear that. But this is what I texted them on Saturday morning. Bro, I just want you to read 2 Chronicles 20. It's so good. I didn't know Irmo was going to be significantly not as good as Burns in this case, but the last two teams before that now, whew, they had Amazons walk up in there. And here's what happened. God said, I know there's more than 10 times the Moabites that there are our people, but I want you, my goodness, I'm about to get going. I want you to just start singing the sound of victory. I want you to start playing the trumpets and playing the drums and playing the pipes and you start screaming out, victory is ours. I don't care what you see and I don't care that the Bible says a multitude, a multitude of people were coming to kill all of them and you see the multitude, but what about hearing from God? And he said, you just sing. You just sing the victory song. You don't worry about all your surroundings. You just sing the victory song and the Bible says that they turned on each other and when they looked down, they saw blood and they saw death over all of them who were coming to kill him. Listen to me. He took the keys of death and hell. Just because you see that death in your life and you see what's coming to get you does not mean it can have you. It cannot have you. Start singing the song of victory even if you can't see it. If we ever would step out and say, God, I'm believing you. I'm not going to believe what I see. I'm not going to believe the wind. I'm not going to believe the rain. I'm not going to believe with my eyes anymore. I'm going to trust the Word of God, and I'm going to stand on His promises. And through every hell that I'll ever go through and every storm that I'll ever be in, I'm coming. And when I don't feel like dancing and I don't feel like singing, I'm going to turn the music up, and I'm going to play it a little louder, and I'm going to turn my sorrow into joy by the name of Jesus, not by my feelings. And I'm going to stand on the promises of God. And today I believe that's your song that some of you need. And so, if you need to be saved, here's what I want you to do. A bunch of people are going to stand in just a second. And when you stand, I just want you to walk to the back. But if you know, and I'm telling you, I know this because I can't get rid of this message. If you know that God is calling you to this, and this is where you are in your life, you stand up right where you are and say, I will come right now. I've been through storms that you can't believe, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to step out, and I'm ready to come. Just stand to your feet as I pray. God, you know where we are. You know how difficult life is. 
But here's the crazy part of you, Lord. You called us there so that we get to where we want to go, but you've already been. God, you call us to a destiny. You call us to the end. You call us to an amazing journey, but we so often stay in the boat because we're so afraid of all the surroundings and all the circumstances. God, today we are yours, and we are stepping out saying we are yours, and we are not going to let what our eyes see any longer dictate who we are, but we're believing what you said in our lives, and in the name of Jesus, we're declaring that we are yours, and we will get to our destiny, not by hard work, but through your power, because you are holding our hands, and you are walking before us, and you are not held by our time, because you are way ahead. And you love us so much. God, I just pray a blessing over every person in this room because you have such an amazing calling on their lives. Will you just shift and move in our lives and help us not say, God, when you go, I'll show. If these following things happen, I'll step out. Help us realize that faith is immediately. And in Jesus' name, give us the boldness to kill all doubt through your Holy Spirit and step out. And if that is what you're believing in Jesus' name, I want everybody to declare amen on the count of three. One, two, three.